Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm so happy to be sharing this interview with you today. I was in a conversation with David Lee, a friend of mine, and yeah, we talk about feminism, we talk about the importance of fighting fear, the importance of communicating, expressing yourself honestly, and not making the assumptions that the other person knows you enough already or can read you. Enjoy this very raw and fun interview and yeah, take good care of yourself. I was trying to think of, of a good story that had a good ending that was also fun for the listeners to hear. So, so uh, this is Valentine's Day. I'm living in Roanoke, which if you haven't heard of Roanoke, is probably a good reason. It's, it's a small town in southwestern Virginia. Yeah. And so I, I was in school at the time. I didn't have a whole lot of money, and the person I was dating didn't either. And so I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Valentine's Day, but we're not going to spend more than, I think it was like $5 on each other. Yeah. And she goes, okay, okay, great. And so, and I planned this out. I was in school at the time and she was working down at the hospital. And so I went to the dollar store and I got like a 15 pack of red balloons, giant red balloons, right? Yes. And I went out to her, her work and I found her car in the parking lot. And I blew up all these balloons, big, you know, one foot diameter balloons and taped them all over her car. And I had also made a, a Valentine's Day card with pictures and cartoons of her and me and my dog, you know, and all that other stuff and decorated it all up and stuck it on her windshield and, and went home. And, and I just waited to see what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> and so then later on, I heard the story. She said she was in work and all of her coworkers were, were talking and she goes up. She's like, what's going on? They're like, well, I don't know what happened, but there's this car out in the parking lot with these balloons all over it. And she thought that was so funny. And so then uh, end of work comes around and she goes out and she's walking towards her car and she's like, oh yeah, there's that car with the balloons. And then she's going, oh, wait, I think that's my car. <laughs> She got there and sure enough, she saw the balloons pasted all over it and she got so embarrassed. It was so much fun though, but she really appreciated that and got the card and it was just a really good time. Yeah, that's such a cool She gesture. loved it. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. that's absolute something that you should be doing in a relationship is surprise your partner and just do something that comes from the heart. Yeah. Very, very Yeah, that was a good time. And I didn't spend a lot of money, which was good too. Not that yeah. I'm cheap, but just I didn't have any money at the time. I was kind of broke. Yeah, you don't need tons of money to impress your Valentine or the person you care about, right? Like you can be creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So we both read books on boundaries. You read two books, actually, right? You read the boundaries book and then the boundaries in relationship book. Well, yeah. I haven't gotten started on the boundaries and dating book yet, but I do yeah. have it. Okay, okay. So what have you learned in your past relationships about boundaries? Are you really good with boundaries or were your partners good with it or 
both who are not good at it. What are your experiences with that? Well, I think there are some areas that I'm good at and some areas that I'm not good at. Uh, one thing I can do is I can get on a certain topic and stay on a topic, especially if it's one that I like, like, you know, planes. And sometimes I tend to talk too much about them. <laughs> and so I have to learn when to call it quits. And sometimes it's hard to tell if, if the person's actually interested or if I'm just, you know, talking about my own interests rather than theirs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it would be like a balance in the conversation um, that you have to find out, okay, is, is that person into it or not? Can I continue talking or not? Yes, totally. And I think a lot of that too comes down to uh, um, just conversation and clarifying. Mm -hmm. you know? After a while you learn to say, okay, so if I'm going too long, You let me know, because uh, a lot of times I find people say, well, if he doesn't know, then I'm not going to tell him. I've heard that a lot. Oh. And the thing is, sometimes as a guy and me in particular, sometimes I'm just oblivious. Okay. So I would rather you tell me up front, hey, look, this is what I feel about this or, or don't do this, you know, when I'm doing this, whatever. And just let me know. Mm hmm. And But then, a lot of times it's just going to be a, a blunt, David, your story's gone too long. Let's move on. Then I can say, oh, good. You know, rather than dropping me hints, like kicking me under the table or, you know, pinching my arm or whatever. Okay. And do you think it's like from the other person's side that they don't trust that you would react well or they don't have that kind of, yeah, the tools to communicate what they want to communicate to you? Like, why is it that some people are so shy to say when they don't like something? Yeah, and I've noticed that. Some people are, and some people are very blunt. Mm -hmm. And I think the shyness probably comes from social norms. Yeah. From trying to be polite in society and not wanting to step on toes. Yeah, but if it goes too far, then you have a situation that you just um, described there that the person just confronts you with a conclusion or um, just leaves because she or he doesn't trust that you would understand or they don't want, like they'd rather leave instead of having a little bit of an uncomfortable uh, conversation. Is that, is that what you experienced? Yeah, I think that resonates really well. And I think particularly in today's day and time, a lot of the advice given is just to give up and move on because, you know, the old adage, there's more fish in the sea. Mm. But I mean, our parents' generation and their parents before them, they didn't have that choice. It was basically, you work it out. You fix the relationship. And I've heard Graham Cook talk on this. He says that, that in relationship, he said in anything, you don't have movement or advancement unless you have tension. Like when you're lifting weights, you got tension in your arms and you actually break down the muscles, but breaking down the muscles makes them actually stronger when they build back up. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in a relationship is that, yes, you are going to have tension, but that tension 
uh, builds a deepness of, of the relationship. Yeah. And so it's expected and you just work through it. That's so beautifully said. And I mean, what I experienced with yeah, that. That's good stuff. You should record this. You should totally record this. <laughs> well, well, let's, uh, let's make sure that we put this out there because people will love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I pressed the button long oh, time Oh, yeah, ago. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> the experience that I made or observed in my parents and grandparents is in that generation, a lot of people endured stuff. So my dad was always talking a lot. My mom was more the listener, the observer. And yeah, she suppressed a lot of her thoughts and her feelings. And I feel my generation now is sick and tired of suppressing. Um, and we leave situations where we feel uncomfortable, but that's not the solution either. We have to learn how to say no and how to say This is not what I like. This is not comfortable for me. And then wait and see what comes from the other side. Like we have to trust that the other person wants to adapt and maybe compromise a little bit. And we also have to have that willingness to have that little bit of uncomfortable conversation. But I feel a lot of us, like you said, are just um, checking out and Yeah, exploring more fish in the sea. And that doesn't create depth. That just creates a society of, yeah, shallowness and superficial um, relationships. And that's not good. Um, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's created people who are just runners. And they'll mm -hmm. run from relationship to relationship until they find the one person who suits all needs and checks all their boxes, which honestly they're never going to find because nobody's like that. Yeah. The truth is you grow in relationships. I mean, I mean, I've been in relationships before too, where, where I've just been a butt and it happens and you'll get in arguments, but uh, what's that? What do you mean with I've just been a butt? Oh, where, where I'm just, uh, where I'm just headstrong and I'm just not polite to be around, you know, I'm not going to get into those stories on this podcast, but maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that's the stuff we wanted but, to talk But what about. I, what I learned, <laughs> I'll bet you do. <laughs> so what I've learned is that um, even when you're in an argument, the truth is that you and the other person are a team and even in the midst of it and after you come out of it, you're still going to be on the same team. So yes, there might be tension and difficulty and you might get hurt and hurt the other person and cry. But, but in the end, you're still a team and you got to work together. Yes. Yes. And this is what you have to trust. You have to trust that a little bit of tension is good. That, Same, like not being on the same page all the time is okay too, because it opens up your mind and it challenges your beliefs. Um, and yeah, you have to trust that you're both on a team and that you're having that argument to sort things out and to then have a deeper and better relationship. And I think with me, 
it was always the case that I didn't trust that. I didn't want maybe that depth. Um, and um, I was scared of, of not being understood. So I'd rather run away or uh, feel suppressed. And that's absolutely not the solution. Like this is when resentment builds and um, the relationship is starting to fall apart. So what do you do when you feel like you're not being understood? I um, try to catch a moment where I know the other person is like relaxed in a good place. And I will ask again or reformulate um, what I was meant to say. So I had an instance here where um, I had an interview and I felt like I was not doing a good job. And afterwards I received a comment. Um, well, yeah, you were laughing hysterically and it sounded pretty silly. And I just blew up. A fuse. <laughs> I just blew up a fuse because I felt shitty already. And then a person tells me, oh yeah. And by the way, it was silly on top of it. So <laughs> oh, no. I, I totally blew up and, but the person didn't understand why, because didn't see that I was frustrated and sad. So I'm also one to not really show how I feel. Um, and then just made that silly comment. And then I blew up and instead of blowing up, I should have just said, Hey, you know what? Like I felt really bad about my interview already. And your comment really makes me feel worse. And just to say how I feel to put it into words works wonders and I didn't know that before I thought to be heard I have to be aggressive I have to shut people out or avoid them and to kind of punish them with the silent treatment or so um but not oh, wow. to found out to find out now that I can actually say no this is how you made me feel and it felt really bad and then to see the person be like, oh, no, I'm sorry, that was not my intention. Like, I'm on your team. Is uh, It dissolves all the anger, all the sadness in, in seconds. And I don't know if you had situations like that where you just simply communicated and it dissolved a situation, but I think we totally underestimate the power of kind words and just genuine expression of how we feel. Yeah, totally. And, and I kind of grew up with that same kind of belief that if you want to be heard, if you get angry, you need to raise your voice and yell and that kind of thing. But later on, I learned, you know, that's not really beneficial. And sometimes you get a lot more done with kind words. I was, I was, had gone through, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People mm -hmm. and their great habits, one of which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And he talks about how you talk in conversation about how if there's an issue, you don't just go to the person and say, look, I have a problem with this and this, and I'm angry because of this. You start first saying, okay, now there's a problem here. I want to hear your view first. Tell me what's going on. 
And then once they tell you and you start to open up and talk about it, then you can say, okay, this is how I felt about it. And this was my response. And then I think that's what really gets the conversation going. But just to understand the other person before you interject what your own personal view is on the topic can clear up a whole lot of stuff right off the bat. Wow. Yeah. And see, those are the tools that we need out there. This is like, for me, such a precious conversation we're having because I was, um, yeah, like you, I didn't have these tools and then you just need to read it sometimes in a good book or experience it with a friend that there is other ways to communicate and to get people to listen to you and understand you. And like you just said, the minute, the second the person in front of you knows that you want to hear them out first, that's when they open up and they kind of become soft and open to receive your message as well. And it's such a beautiful yeah, way to connect and the only way to really have a romantic relationship. Um, yet we are all a little shy when it comes to expressing our feelings, but I feel more and more people want to go down that path and see that this is, this is the way to go to connect and feel fulfilled. I agree. I mean, it's so true. Like what you're saying is people, I think oftentimes are afraid to reveal the real self mm -hmm. to reveal how they truly feel because it makes you vulnerable, you know, and it, and it leaves you open to, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, judgment or <clears throat> just seeming to be, uh, what's the word for it? Um, I guess just open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that, I mean, I went through a period in time where I was very reserved and I felt if people got to know the real me, they wouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I had a guy say to me, he says, well, if you do that your whole life, then, then how do you really connect? How do you tell people who you really are? Mm -hmm. He says, you need to get that out there. And, you know, it's okay to be sad or lonely or, or to cry or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in that connection, you get to know them on a personal basis and they get to know you. And that's a lot better than just being reserved and closed off to people all the time. Totally. Yeah. And the moment you allow yourself to be open and soft, the other person will do the same, maybe not at the same pace, but they will know, oh, I can actually trust that person. Um, I can open up to them because they have done it already. Um, so it builds trust and intimacy and, and you for your part, you find out pretty quickly, oh, can that person handle my true self or can they not? <laughs> and if they can, yeah. then it makes you fall in love even more with them. And if they can't, then you know, but you can't um, stop doing it just because they don't respond well. You have to stay true to yourself and just know that you're not, the cup of tea of that other person now, but don't change and don't start to suppress again and um, put a mask on. Right. It's, it's a tricky, tricky yeah, situation to be in. If you've been closed up for a long time, I can see how that was 
maybe hard for you at the beginning. Um, but if you had a good partner and had a good experience, you know now that it's totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot better to be known than to just be in your own shell. It's funny you say cup of tea too, because I got my Earl Grey right here. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Very classy as usual, David. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Very good, very good. Is there um, other things that you've learned in the last couple of years, in the last decade about communicating um, in a relationship that you would like to share with oh us? Oh my today? gosh. Well, I, I do have an engineering background, so I do have that very logical mind, yeah. you know. <laughs> And sometimes that's tough for me to deal with. But one thing I've learned, which is very important, is how to fight fair. Mm. Because there are going to be fights. And when you have your first fight, you need to write it down in your journal, right? To make sure, hey, this was our first fight and we got over it. But, I mean, to fight fair is so important. And what that entails is basically when you have a disagreement, you stay focused on, on the topic at hand. You don't bring up other things outside of that. You know, I've often heard in the midst of our argument is, and another thing, you know, and it's just like, all right, if we're going to argue about, say, the laundry, you argue about it. What are the points? What are the good points, the bad points? And, and just stay focused on the topic. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, too, you, you need to just clearly define what it is that you're mad about or bothered about. Yeah. There's my clock. What, what you're mad or bothered about and... And just stay, I guess, involved in that. Mm -hmm. And then when it's over, let it be over and move on. Yes. Yeah. Don't cling on to stuff and have the mindset of wanting to resolve instead of accusing and blaming the other person and, you know, lashing out with your resentment that you've been holding back on, uh, holding back for. I don't know, the last days or weeks. Um, that's very, very important to talk about, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so true. And, and head towards it with a goal of resolution. Yes. Like, we are going to get through these emotions, and then at the end, it will be fixed, and I'm looking for her to feel good, I'm looking for me to feel good. And, yeah, so it's really just... Like Stephen Covey says again, end with win-win. Mm -hmm. Begin, yeah, end with a win-win solution is what you're heading for. Yes, yeah. Then you can trust and just get navigate through it, and know that yeah, it's going to be over soon. It's just a little nasty right now, but we both have the same goal. That's uh, yeah, very precious advice. And then when it comes to the so he. No, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I have a question for you. Yeah. Specifically for you, because you are a multinational. Mm -hmm. Have you run into this issue and how do you deal with it? The, the problem of being from another country, say you're, you know, you're from Germany mm -hmm. and part French, but you're in Canada. Mm -hmm. If you were to date an American, how, how do you deal? Is there like a language barrier issue that you've run into or had to work through before? It's not so much the language barrier, but it is the way that I was expressing myself. And that goes for 
my German self, uh, same as my French or my my English self, if you want to put it that way. Um, I was not capable to set boundaries or to tell a person when they make me feel uncomfortable or um, I was not open. I was not trying to create common grounds um, and it has nothing to do um, with nationality here. I think it's just the way I I experienced relationships and just thought this is how we gotta live in a relationship. Um, what I learned though here in North America is that people value politeness a lot and non mm. non directness, if you can put it that way. Um, not being direct is um, mm. so kind of beating around the bush. Um, And that's something I had to learn to adjust. And it makes me a softer and kinder person because in Germany, we're very direct and you can shut people down with that and hurt people and make people feel shitty. And then they react and you don't understand why. Um, and here I learned politeness goes first. Uh, so I learned to be a little more polite and gentle um and to communicate differently yeah um but it has nothing to do with with my english skills it has all to do with how i thought relationship worked and i must say like north american culture helped me to to become a a better communicator and to know that politeness is good sometimes better than directness but still be honest and tell the person how you feel but don't don't do it in a hurtful way right yeah and i could totally see that i mean i lived in germany for weeks and they are very direct and they'll tell you you know this is how it is and sometimes it's like whoa hold on a second <laughs> but uh, a friend of mine told me once they said they said tact is the ability to say anything to anyone but not elicit negative emotions. And I think tact goes a long way. Yes. But um, from my perspective, with the language barrier, I have a tough enough time expressing myself in English. Mm -hmm. If I had to express myself in German, that would be hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank God, like, relationship stuff, as we said earlier before the interview, like, a lot of things happen... Um, in between the lines and body language. Um, so people mm -hmm. were always kind of understanding what I was going to say or what I meant. Um, that's just the beauty of uh, in-person interaction. Um, and it's, um, I don't know, I didn't find it more difficult in a, in a foreign language. I don't know why. Interesting. Well, yeah. you seem to have a very good grasp on the English language and can express yourself very well, except those off days when you're like, my English is not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really have those days when uh, I'm fishing for my words and they just don't want to come forward. But uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't take it as an excuse not to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Is there um, any other area like we had communication and setting boundaries as a man um, that you would like to talk about when it comes to relationships that you like can put a finger on it or something you always wanted to know um, like the answer from a woman uh, when it comes to relationships? Is there anything that you think, oh, you guys don't make sense in this area or why do you do this? Um, I had a conversation about nagging the other day. Um, that's more, yeah, something that women do, I feel. Men can do that too. But is there something um, you would like to ask or share um, from your past or maybe present? I'm kind of coming up blank, but the only thing I can think of is why do women go to the bathroom in pairs? Aha. That's <laughs> a really good question. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to share from my experience. Other women might answer in a different way. <laughs> um, when I go to the bathroom with my uh, girlfriends, it's to discuss quickly what the next move is going to be or what we want um do we want to stay do we want to go somewhere else is the guy who just started talking to you good for you or do you want me to scare him off um uh, <laughs> so 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 you can talk about the boys right <laughs> yeah and then also like little bullshit stuff like oh i love your makeup what kind of lipstick is this um oh i'm on my period can you give me a tampon like maybe maybe this is all you guys imagine we were talking about and yeah it is it is what we talk about ah uh, uh, wonderful yeah. <laughs> all the mysteries are solved <laughs> yes yeah i hope it was uh in depth enough So, so do you have a question about, from a female's perspective, what you've always wondered about guys, either dating or, or otherwise, or what we're thinking, or why sometimes we don't think before we do something or say something? Mm -hmm. That's when I, I like guys the most, when they don't think, <laughs> because it's a, very, <laughs> it's a natural state to be in. Um, I would love to know what guys think about feminism and the me too movement if you've heard about it and if you think that feminism is outdated um, or if you think feminism is a good thing and yeah there should be more women out there um, being active in feminism wow we are really going deep on this podcast aren't we Well, is that a surprise to you? <laughs> <laughs> It should not be. <laughs> well, I think, well, this is my views, speaking from a male's perspective and also a Christian perspective, is I think women should be able to do practically whatever they want. I don't think that women should be repressed. Yeah. I think if anything is available to them, job-wise or career-wise, you know, go for it. It's the land of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I guess Canada is the same way in North America. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, there is a problem with being over feminine to where 
and this goes back to the dating is if you are too focused on the feminine to be the dominant gender, it removes the roles that the males have. And that's what I've found in dating is that if a woman says she can do everything, and this is, I see on a lot of profiles is that they're an independent woman and they don't need a guy. Well, the, the truth is if you don't need a guy, then I don't have a role to fall into. Exactly. You know, you might be adept at, let's say, plumbing or electrical work and you, your toilet fails, you need a new toilet. So you go to the hardware store, you buy a new toilet, you learn how to change it, you know, whatever. And me being the guy going, well, I could do that. And you're like, no, I don't need you. But honestly, if you, if you know how to do that stuff, or if you know how to wire your own kitchen, you can, but if you give the guy an in, say, David, I need this wiring done in my kitchen. Can you help? I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I'd be more than happy to say, yes, I will do that. I know how to do it. This is great. This is my job. Yeah. Even if you could do it, offer it to him anyway, because that gives him a spot to take, a spot to fill. Yes. And so being independent isn't so much a need or a necessity as it is to give that role or any role, a role to the guy. So I think feminism a lot of times takes away those roles that, you know, men and women generally tend to fall in certain roles. Men, women be the nurturers yeah. and men being the warriors and the, the breadwinners. Yeah. And I think together we can form that image of a perfect union of a perfect couple that no two of us, no one of us can do on our own. Yes. Yes. My God, I'm so glad we brought that up because this mm. is exactly what I feel is going on out there right now. There's so many women who are fighting for independency and they are fear-driven and aggressive. At the same time, they want to be dating and want to be held and, you know, be given roses but a man is mm -hmm. repulsed like is scared of these women and is not gonna be the masculine um part that he can and wants to be because the woman is playing both sides and i feel women who are too caught up in the feminism shoot themselves in their own heel or back or however you say that in English um a foot <laughs> or foot awesome I had all my my joints here <laughs> um because it is it is like a, a mass emotional mass uh castration that is going on out there and men don't know okay which role should we play we want to be there for you we want to protect you we want to guide you And women want to be protected and guided. But the women that are out there right now, not all of them, of course, but some are so aggressive and think that they have to do it all and men are the problem. Um, but they don't see that they themselves are blocking themselves from a genuine um, happy relationship with a man unless the man is willing to give his masculinity up at the door and and to I don't know mold into some feminine 
uh, or non-gender um, creature, it works. But if the man wants to be the man and wants to play that role in a woman's life, it's not going to work. It's like two magnets of the same pole. They're not going to attract each other. Uh, yeah, and then we have a whole host of other problems. And even if, even if the man does choose to be emasculated and come into that role where the woman still takes on the masculine roles, yeah, you know, it, it's it's basically, dare I say it, against his nature. Yeah, because it's how built. I mean, if you look at if you look at all animals and um, humans in particular, the males are bigger than the females. Mm-hmm. They're stronger. They're taller and you can just look around at society and see this and look around in nature and it's the same way i had a german shepherd you know and he was he was an awfully large dog and german shepherds the females tend to be slightly smaller Mm -hmm. you know and the male shepherds tend to be slightly bigger and and so yes they do have that males are given that protective role Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah just like what you're saying is if they they are subservient to the female with their own roles, then they lose their place. Yeah. And then, and I think that's, that would be trouble for, um, for that couple. Totally. Cause attractiveness, attractiveness, sorry, goes out the window at the same time too. The woman is not going to be attracted yeah. to that guy anymore, even though she forces him into that role on a chemistry level she will not be attracted to him anymore if he subs- submits to that. And I feel women... Yeah, and she's not going to be able to respect him either. Exactly. And um, the guy himself is not going to respect himself either. And that's yeah, just yeah. where depression and everything can start. So, yeah, women should should be finding their femininity again and feel empowered in, in the feminine again. And not trying to take on the man's role and think that's the new feminine now, because it is not. It's just, as we said, like emasculating and and causing troubles on so many levels when it comes to um, relationships. Um, I feel, yeah, it's very important to talk about. And... um, we're slowly coming to an end here. We we hit the 40 minutes here. <laughs> is there uh, 40 minutes is up? I know. Is there something you would like to add when it comes to um fighting fair, um, boundaries, communication, um, role models? I think one of the most important things in relationships is to be kind. And to know that your partner is a part of you, you know, you wouldn't be cruel to yourself. And the truth is that it's a joint venture Mm -hmm. that if you are not kind to them, it's like, you're not being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, I always thought about rules around the house. If, if the dishes don't get washed, if I don't wash them, then she has to. And if she doesn't, then I have to. Mm -hmm. So you might as well pick up the slack because you're, you're a team. And that's how you have to work. And I think the, one of the other most important things is communication. Mm-hmm. I've always said that I don't know how you're thinking or feeling unless you tell me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to tell me two or three times because sometimes I'm just oblivious or I'm watching TV or doing something else. Um, 
but to tell me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I'm just clueless. Mm -hmm. And so let me know what you're thinking and feeling with tact, ideally, but without that communication part and say, hey, look, this is how I feel right now. Um, And I want you to know that. And then knowing that I can respond. But in a way, if you don't communicate that, it's partly your fault. Mm-hmm. Because unless you tell me or somehow I sense, I'm not going to know. Mm-hmm. So kindness and communication are both very important in any relationship. Yes. That's, um, yeah, such a beautiful wrap up of, of the episode. It's um very genuine and from the heart and just things that we have to hear at times because women can maybe sense things or read in between lines, but we can't expect our partner to be doing that and have to know and trust that if we express ourselves, we will be heard and we will meet um, together and work things out together. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. so, so much, David, for being here today um, on the board. Aurora, this was great. <laughs> this was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of a delay here in between us. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this interview with David Lee. It is very important to keep the balance, to keep some good positive tension in between men and women. But um, I think the main message here is we got to communicate honestly. We have to be kind with each other and know that we both want the same. We're on a team. We're together in this. And um, we want to support each other and be there for each other. Um, This won't be the last interview um, where I ask for a man's perspective. I feel it is very important to talk about in uh, those times right now. So yes, stay tuned and we will be out there very soon again for you. Bye-bye.